We don't slut shame around here. They say we are what we eat. Does that come in organic? So who are you eating? I believe they call that an ethical slut. Can I unplug your phone so I can charge my vibrator? I can't believe he couldn't find it. Fuck it. Let's roll. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to up-level that sexy life of yours with expert talk on sex, love, and nutrition. Hey lovers, and welcome back to Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sexy host, Dr. Cat, and today you get only me. Lucky you. This episode I am doing as a public service announcement to save all the precious pussies and the cocks out there from the perils of a slowly dying sex life. And one of the unfortunate culprits to this is the absence of or short-lived experience of foreplay, which is tragic to me. And I'm like, I know that the information and the conversations about foreplay is out there. It's not that it's not. And still, the number of conversations that I've had around it show me that people spend as little time here before they're just sticking it in. So like five, 10 minutes is not enough for optimal pleasure and orgasmic potential. And that might be good for a super taboo, raunchy quickie in the bathroom of an elegant restaurant that you're having dinner with his folks at. But even then, could you give them the excuse that two girls in front of you just hijacked the bathroom to process being dumped by a 27-year-old boyfriend who has baby mama issues while your man is actually going down on you until you're pleading for him to just fuck you all fast and dirty like. Just a suggestion, not a prescription, but ultimately what I'm trying to get at is foreplay is a necessary part of sex and perhaps we're getting the image of it all wrong. So here I am going to stand on my soapbox and drop some much needed Dr. Cat advice on all y'all. So envision me with a protest sign that says, save the pussies. And on the other side that says, we love the D, just give me some time. But, but first, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And I want to help. I want to thank you for subscribing. I want to thank you for leaving me reviews on the iTunes because that's helping me get found by those who need me and sharing with your coworker who just needs to get a really good fuck. Because my goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better. So go to eatplaysex.com for my sexy guides about fantasies, orgasms, better conversations around sex, and so much more. So let's get to it. This concept of foreplay, like what is it? Is this four hours? Is it four days before? Or what if we just dropped the four and called it what it was? Play. And would this make a difference on our minds and on our actions? So when I think of foreplay, it's what's happening outside of the bedroom just as much as it's happening what's in what's happening inside the bedroom. (laughs) I think of foreplay as the warming up process, the way that we're able to get ourselves prepped and ready for um, anything that unfolds thereafter. Does it have to be separate than sex or can it actually be the entirety of sex that happens? (laughs) Can it be all of it? That's why I'm suggesting that we drop the four and just call it play. But ultimately, if we're thinking about this as a preparatory action um, for sex, can we start this even days before that we actually have, you know, the 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 behavior or the act of sex? 
or hook up? Or can we think of this as something that we start shortly after our last orgasm? And I'm thinking not just like oral sex or heavy petting and grinding, but even just flirty, sexy texts or your partner in the kitchen and you're just like looking at them and you're just undressing them with your eyes or playing some super sexy fantasy of something that they're doing. And you're playing this out in your mind and the energy is exuding from you. You know, this energy of like, I want you. (laughs) Now that is enough to to get people warmed up. (laughs) Or even if you're walking past them, you know, a lot of brief physical contact, like brushing up against them as you walk by or nuzzling your nose in their hair. Like ultimately think about how much of a challenge it can be for us to simply go from turned off to turned on. For most of us, it takes a process. And especially if we, if we think about the, our daily lives and the routines that we've got, you know, we've got kids, we've got work, we've got um, a whole plethora of things that are on us that are causing pressure on us or causing us to feel like we have to um, produce or perform or get it, be in our headspace a lot. So how can we you know, these daily actions aren't necessarily sexy. They're not erotic. (laughs) So for us to put the pressure on ourselves to immediately be ready for, for sex or be spontaneous or, or just be able to be turned on so quickly is, can create even more of a pressure for us to, to, perform. And then what if it's not happening? Do we feel bad about ourselves? Or what if you and your partner have been, you know, both in your separate worlds, how do you reconnect? And is your body fully open to them for sex? What if you guys are going through some, you know, relationship turmoil? My pussy's not going to be open to my, my partner if we're in arguments or if I'm, you know, feeling resentful for to, towards them. But if there is an element of playfulness or flirtiness or reminders of my erotic or sensual or sexual self, then it becomes easier for me to be more receptive or open to sex when that comes around. And that's what foreplay is. You know, it's mental as much as it is physical. You know, how are we warming the mind up so that we can be receptive for this? I would also suggest talking to your partner about initiation, you know? A lot of times we can get stuck in this, this cycle of if my partner starts touching me, maybe I, don't, maybe I don't want sex. And so we get stuck in this mindset of, well, if they're touching me or if they're flirting with me, then that equates sex or penetration even. So if this starts to happen, I need to stop it <laughs> because I don't want sex or I don't want penetration. So we get stuck in this head of like zero to 100, that flirting or touching equals 100%. Therefore, I have to be the gatekeeper and I have to stop it here, now, and just say, I'm too tired or not tonight or I'm not in the mood or whatever it is. And we're not actually tuning into, well, maybe I could be open to flirting 
and let it just be flirting and not go all the way to sex. Or, or maybe I am open to making out. Or maybe I'm open to heavy petting or touching or grinding, but I don't want to go to penetration or sex or anything there beyond that. And can we have those conversations? You know, can we, can we express to our partner, this is where I'm at tonight. This is what I would like to do tonight. That even of can be considered foreplay. You know, but if we are cutting even that off at the beginning, then we're definitely not nurturing our eroticism and we're making it so much more difficult for our partner who probably won't be motivated to then be affectionate or flirty with us in the future. So we're sabotaging this potential. We're sabotaging foreplay. Ah. (laughs) So perhaps we have conversations around, you know, what are ways that we like to be initiated with? Are there certain looks, touches, things that your partner has done in the past? Do you prefer it in the bedroom? Do you prefer it in, um, in public or not in public? And then how does your partner prefer initiation of sex or flirting or playfulness? And how is your partner best going to receive these cues? You know, we all speak different languages, so it's important to know so that we don't miscommunicate. And even further than that, it's important to know how to communicate the word no. You know, but what's the best way that we receive no? So that if we initiate with our partner, they can use that to help mitigate the feeling of rejection. You know, perhaps if my partner, if I initiate and my partner says, oh, I just want to like kiss you and love on you. I'm not open to sex tonight, but, but can I just hold you tonight? To me, that is so much more easily receptive than just no or not tonight or uh, I'm not in a mood. Because that will feel more of like a oh in my body, like more of a rejection or I'm more likely to shut down after that or not want to initiate in the future, especially if that becomes a pattern over and over and over again. Nobody really likes to be told no, especially when it's not something that we want or it's vulnerable to lean into. So perhaps there's a better way. So that's foreplay outside of the bedroom, getting your partner warmed and excited in in that space. But when we move into the bedroom or the kitchen counter or the living room couch or the empty theater or wherever it is that you are engaging in your erotic play, we can't cut foreplay out. Sexual arousal doesn't just happen. Like all of a sudden you're there, right? It moves through phases. And while men and women were all influenced by contextual factors, women have a tendency to be more sensitive to the effects of context that can either get in the way of arousal or even accelerate it. Like if we think about our arousal as a system of brakes and accelerators of a vehicle of a car, if there are contextual factors that are putting on the brake, then how much more difficult it is for us to put on the accelerator and drive forward. It's almost like we have the emergency brake on and we're just kind of like trying to move forward and it's just just like clunky and not effective. (laughs) 
So I highly recommend having conversations with your partner around um, particular things that might get in the way of your being able to turn on, you know, whether these are contextual factors about yourself Perhaps it's the um, stage in your menstrual cycle, or it's a stress, or it's you know things on your to-do list that haven't been done, or or maybe even how you feel about your body, your body image, or the clothes that you're wearing, or um, physically how you're feeling. Um, stomach. If you're having stomach issues, if I'm if I'm feeling bloated, then I'm definitely not. It's going to be a lot harder for me to feel sexy and turned on. Other contextual factors can be about your partner, maybe the status of your relationship, maybe their cleanliness or their smell or their attraction or their clothes or or their mood, or it can be contextual factors about your environment. Uh, perhaps you are afraid that other people are going to hear you, or maybe this is in public, or um, maybe there's a smell to the room that makes it difficult for you to be able to let go, or tax papers on the desk that are reminding you of how you need to pay your taxes, whatever it is, <laughs> having this conversation around the breaks and then also things around that help you to accelerate can be really empowering to help you all figure out what are the things that can help to bring our sexual desire and our arousal forward. Huh? And even more so, women's bodies tend to need more time to build arousal and move through these phases of, of building arousal that makes sex easier and more comfortable. So if we're moving faster than our body is ready to, then we can cause discomfort and sometimes even painful sex for women. And ideally, we want to think about giving plenty of time and space for this to occur, like 15, 20 minutes, and oftentimes even longer than that for of activity that is outer course or anything that is outside of the vulva and, and outside of the anus <laughs> helps her body and her genitals to open up for greater sensation. I would also highly recommend this for men. We oftentimes talk about foreplay for women, but I think it's just as important for men to build up that arousal and to also be connected with and mindful of their own stages of arousal as it's building as it's moving through because that helps them to reduce the challenges of uh, maintaining erections or premature ejaculation. I highly recommend for everyone to get more in tune with the phases of arousal as you're moving through. So tuning into the signs and the signals of your body as it's getting more and more aroused because that helps us to have more optimal sexual pleasure and orgasmic potential. The more that we are spending our time, spending time with the body, opening up, breathing, warming it, turning everything on instead of just being genitally focused. Now, some women like straight to the genital or breast action and they desire less time for foreplay overall. And sometimes this can be because they put pressure on themselves to move faster to penetration because either they think that that's the, what sex is, they think that sex is a linear model going from one to the next to the next, or they're afraid that their partner will get bored or they feel crunched for time and men too, especially if we're feeling like, oh, I got to get to the movies on time before the movie theater, you know, stops letting people in. And so we have to get this in really fast or they're putting pressure, their own pleasure aside for the sake of this 
linear model for sex or penetration or for the pleasure of the other person. And still, for some women, their bodies just respond more quickly. And there's nothing wrong with that. But still, or foreplay is like the juice of it all. Like, why would we just go straight to penetration when we know that cooking the turkey in the oven a little bit longer is going to make the turkey juicier, (laughs) make it more delectable versus if you pull it out sooner, like, yeah, it's going to be fine, but it it could be, it could be more. (laughs) So think about slowing it all down and at least until she and he or what a, they are highly aroused. The majority of women that I've worked with or interviewed have all told me that they desired more of a slower pace and buildup before penetration. And we oftentimes don't think about this until we're asked that question. You know, what is, what's the pace of your sex life like? What is, uh, would you prefer a different type of touch? How would you ideally like this to go? And then that gets us to stop and self-inquire, you know, oh, it can be something different. You know, we've been given this socially constructed idea of sex as being fast paced, as being thrusting, as being more heat focused, as um, including and having to have penetration. And that just isn't necessarily the case that actually can create even more pressure or anxiety for us. You know, if that isn't what our body is calling for in that moment, or um, this even, this is more of like a heterosexual idea or heteronormative idea of sex, because um, for women on women, maybe there never is penetration, but it's definitely sex. (laughs) So Coming back to thinking about the pacing of sex and have a conversation with your partner about this too, but oftentimes slowing down the process um, from everything, from the kissing to the slow progression of taking clothes off, you know, taking one article of clothes off and just being fully present with the process of that, like how fucking sexy that is to watch your partner just slowly take off one button at a time. Or how hot is that seeing your partner with half of their clothes on, you know, it's just their bra around their waist or, you know, I could go on and create imagery, but that's what Erotically Wasted podcast is for. So (laughs) go check that out. (laughs) But really taking your time with moving from all clothes on to half clothes off to all of your clothes off. Like, let that be a process. Let that be a foreplay. And then even playing with the stage of grinding, of teasing, of the tip only, (laughs) of nearing so close to their lips or to their pussy or to their cock and then like pausing and breathing on it or catching their eye gaze or saying a suggestive word or giving them the 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 play-by-play of what you're about to do but really teasing this out and elongating these experiences there's no need to rush any faster Because right here, there's so much available to us. 
so much pleasure, so much delicious, like, uh, <laughs> that why would we want to go to the fast food restaurant and just order some cold fries under the fryer, you know? <laughs> Let's really enjoy this. And there's no need to ever force anything through the pussy. If you are coming to the entrance of her and you're trying to put anything in, you're trying to insert anything, whether that is a dildo or whether that is a vibrator or a cock or whatever it is, and she, and, and it's not going in very easily, don't force it. In fact, when you do, that can oftentimes cause painful sex or discomfort or, or even just the feeling of, of you know, betraying our own body. Because it's like we're not listening to our body. We're trying to tell our body that we know better than it. And moving faster than it can create more distrust. Distrust and distress. So she will open and receive when she is ready. Even if you have more difficulty around sex, say your, your pussy has, uh, I don't know, maybe you've experienced trauma in the past and she just doesn't want to open. Still, move the pace of your body. Never force anything in there. For those of you who do have more painful sex, maybe even looking at toys like O-Nut. It's an amazing invention for, for women who have difficulty with receiving their partner, their male partner or, or female partner. But again, she will receive when she is fully engorged and ready So tune into the body cues, engage where you are at or where your partner is at. Our minds might be ready. Our minds might be gearing to go and just like, give it to me. But if the body is not, then you can run into that same issue of pain, of discomfort, which then you will remember in the future experiences. You don't, it doesn't just stay a single episode but we remember this for the future time and that can create anxiety for the future time as well. And with that said, wetness is not necessarily a sign that she is ready either. We have been given this message that if she's wet, she wants it. So we oftentimes have to look for other changes that are going on that would indicate her stage of arousal or readiness looking for changes in her breathing, looking for her nipples getting hard, or the opening of her vagina relaxes, or her labia, her lips start to get more plump. You might see an arching of her back. You might see those hungry eyes (laughs) half masked and just like wanting to devour you. But wetness in and of itself is not a good indication of her readiness or her desire for sex. You can even ask her, are you ready? 
And again, that may also be, and ladies, really tune into that, tune into your body, because again, your mind may be going faster than your body. So allow your body to lead the way. When we are wet and we're not desiring, or vice versa, when we're not wet and we are desiring, this is called discordance. Discordance, And it means that our mind is not connected with our body. They're not in the same place. And this can be for any number of reasons. I oftentimes teach my women about practicing more mindful sex or more mindful masturbation practices. And this can help to develop a stronger connection between the brain and the body so that they're in, they're in accordance with each other. <laughs> they're responding together instead of separately. Uh, but even as we age or due to medications or um, due to illness or all kinds of reasons, um, cancer even that can, or a chemotherapy that can cause dryness in our vagina and that can make it more difficult. A lot of, sometimes we can shame ourselves. We're like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken or, um, you know, or a partner might see this as they're not a good partner. They're not a good enough lover to be able to get you wet. And this has nothing to do with your value as a lover at all. Again, it may be just a disconnect between, between the brain and the body and that's okay. That's what lubrication is for. We love our water-based lube or our coconut oil or our, you know, whatever it is that, that literally floats your boat. <laughs> so enjoy that. Allow that to be a part of your playful pleasure. Hmm. To make foreplay even juicier and expansive. I highly recommend bringing consciousness into whatever it is that you're doing. Like bring consciousness into your fingertips as you are touching your lover. Like being so aware of what it feels like in your fingertips and in the palms of your hands as you are caressing the silhouette of your partner's body. Like be in your senses, smell your partner, taste your partner, Hear the audible sound of their deep breath in your ear because it's in the juice of all of this experience that is what makes this so alive and keeps your sex life from dying. I believe that sex life falls flat because we are falling into routine of sex so that we're no longer present with it. It's just now into this habit formation of our brain that doesn't have to really be connected to what's happening in front of us. But by getting novel, you know, introducing new things, fun, playful, and potentially things that fail, <laughs> but that's part of it too. And then, and so if that helps you to be present in this experience, or connecting your eye gaze with your partner, like looking down and finding their eyes, perhaps breathing deeply with them, synchronizing your breath to where your inhales match and your exhales match and you just fall into the slower rhythmic, but like deep and rich, <laughs> powerful experience. Like, oh, I swear to God, some of my best foreplay experiences with somebody, our best making out experiences 
is with somebody who's matching their breath with mine. And we just fall into this rhythmic, almost like we're one organism that's just mm, like breathing life through us both at the same time. And it slows us down. And actually in that slower process, our bodies open and we become a lot more receptive to sensitivity. And perhaps you have a pattern of falling back into a quicker pace. And so maybe playing some ambient music to help you to smooth things out more easily, or even something with like a, like a beat, like a drum beat that the two of you can feel the beat reverberating through your bodies and find more of a match in each other's rhythm with that because you're both on that same wavelength. <sighs> and pause, like catch their eye gaze. Maybe bite your lip. Maybe say a sexy word again. Like all of this is fun. And it's this consciousness that is the makes the difference between good and not so good <laughs> oral sex. Like how attractive that is and how much of a turn on that is when we're observing our partner so present to what it is that they're doing. Like they're going down on us and not only are they present, but they're enjoying it themselves. Because when we see that, then we can relax into that. We know that their mind isn't anywhere else. They know that they would, we know that they wouldn't prefer to be anywhere else because they're fully in it. And so ultimately, what, what type of foreplay and actions your partner prefers is what you do in foreplay. But the art of it is everything that's threaded here and what we've shared today. This is prime real estate for sexiness and playfulness. So use that and keep playing here until she is craving you. Craving you and you've had to tell her no, like that is so incredibly intoxicating. Especially when, for so many of us, we as women are the gatekeepers of, of sex and the pace of it and how fast it goes and, and the yes and the no. But man, when a partner is like, no, I'm not going to give it to you yet. <laughs> that teasing, building that anticipation that like, oh, there is a... An, obstacle in my way of getting what I want is creating frustration into hydration, vaginal or anal. Anal, definitely. You want to be in a high state of arousal. So let these be prerequisites for the deepest, most satisfying sex life. Mm. Love you all. Thank you all for tuning in to my soapbox. <laughs> For all the pleasure out there, I'm Dr. Kat, and this is Eat, Play, Sex. Speaking of messages and cultural conditioning fucking with our authenticity, I've been listening to The Great Unlearn Podcast, which is all about helping us unlearn our way into a new way of being with expert interviews like Lance Armstrong and Aubrey Marcus. 
So go check it out after this and let me know what inspires you. Lovers, thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, hit subscribe and head over to eatplaysex.com to connect with me and grab my sexy guides. Because my goal here is to get you to eat, play, and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. Until next time, keep it sexy.